Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace theology segment. My name is Dave and I'm the host for this show. And on today's episode, a listener writes in and they have a great question. And the question is, how do I preach the gospel to myself? Well, there is great security in the salvation of the Lord. God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, and his decision stands. The Holy Spirit has caused us to be born again, and there is no means by which we can destroy the life he's given to us. Every believer has been crucified with Christ, and nowhere in Scripture do we see that we can be uncrucified. Everyone who has believed in Jesus is justified, and no work of man or Satan can overcome the verdict of God. Jesus exercised sovereign care over all of his people. Those in his hands cannot be taken from him. And yet, despite the security of our salvation and standing before God through Jesus Christ, we can still find our way into trouble whenever we wander from the hope of the gospel. And wander we do, right? Well, wandering can come in the form of giving in to immorality. It more often masquerades as a kind of Christianity. For many, the Christian life is driven by doctrinal precision. We may rightly value our confessional heritage and see the importance of robust theology. But this can itself become the goal for which we strive, while missing the connection of all theology to the gospel. Knowledge often puffs up, right? And the resulting pride often leads us into a confessional confidence over gospel confidence. Some Christians base their spiritual life on emotions, the deep stirrings of the heart that are often connected with the profound truth of God. But while the truth of God never changes, our experience of them does. And when the feelings are not there, our faith ends up in crisis. In finding confidence in our emotions, we wander from what should be our only hope in life and death. Many of us lose sight of the gospel as we focus on our own works and how well we're doing spiritually. By measuring ourselves against self-imposed uh, standards, we believe ourselves to be strong or weak. But in each case, the fix is found in doing our best rather than in the work of Christ. Fundamentally, the gospel is forgotten when it no longer functions as our ongoing hope and confidence before God, or when it becomes unessential for the practical daily living of the Christian life. The gospel we often forget must be reclaimed and retained for the safety of our souls, and this is done through preaching the gospel to ourselves. In fact, preaching the gospel to ourselves is calling ourselves to return to Jesus for forgiveness, for cleansing, for empowerment, and a purpose. It is answering doubts and fears with the promises of God's word. Do my sins condemn me? Well, Jesus has covered them all in his blood. Do my works fall short? Well, Jesus' righteousness is counted as mine. Are the world, the flesh, and my own flesh conspiring against me? Not even a hair can fall from my head apart from the will of my Father in heaven, and he has promised to care for me and keep me forever. Can I really deny myself, carry my cross, and follow Jesus in all of life? Yes, for God is at work in me, willing and working in me for his own pleasure. This is what it looks like to preach the gospel to ourselves. The, the private and the personal preaching can only happen when the word of God is known and believed. When God's law reveals our sin and helplessness and his grace covers that sin and overcomes our weakness. 
Preaching the gospel to ourselves is not simply the act of studying the Bible, though we can preach to ourselves in that act, but it is actively calling ourselves to believe the promises of God and Jesus, his son, as revealed in the word of God. We preach the gospel to ourselves through the discipline of prayer and meditation on the word. In prayer, we look to God to graciously meet our needs, and in the act itself, we exercise faith. In his exposition of the Lord's Prayer, Thomas Manton said, Prayer is a preaching to ourselves in God's hearing. We speak to God to warn ourselves, not for his information, but for our edification. You see, the gospel promises in God's word to guide us in prayer, leading us to the safety of Jesus' service and sacrifice. By meditation, we call to mind the gospel. By prayer, we claim the gospel as our great hope. Most of us need to rediscover the gospel, and such a recovery is needed daily because our need is ever-present and our hearts are prone to wander. But the gospel recovery only happens when we feel the weight of our sins, the weakness of our flesh, and the frailty of our faith. This means that only those who know themselves to be unworthy sinners and God's word to be true will find the gospel to be not only good news, but the good news for our own souls. Jerry Bridges was talking about preaching the gospel to yourself and being gospel-centered long before it was ever cool to do so. One of the great burdens of his ministry has long been to have Christians understand in his own words that the gospel is not only the most important message in all of history, it is the only essential message in all of history. And yet we allow thousands of professing Christians to live their entire lives without it, without clearly understanding and experience the joy of living by it. Christians are not instructed in the gospel, and because they do not fully understand the riches and the glory of the gospel, they cannot preach it to themselves, nor live by it in their daily lives. In other words, we teach people just enough gospel to get saved, but then we move on to other things. What Bridges wants us to understand is that we never move on from the gospel. In the third chapter of the Discipline of Grace, Bridges provides a powerful, thorough review of the gospel, and he does this by looking at Romans three nineteen through 26. He offers an exposition of that passage, and, and through it, it leads to this imperative, preach the gospel to yourself. Let me provide an extended quote that gives some of the how and why from Bridges when he says this. To preach the gospel to yourself means that you continually face up to your own sinfulness, and then you flee to Jesus through faith in his shed blood and righteous life. It means that you appropriate again by faith the fact that Jesus fully satisfied the law of God, that he is your propitiation, and that God's holy wrath is no longer directed towards you. And so he says to preach the gospel to yourselves means that you take at face value the precious words of Romans 4, 7 through 8. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. And so preaching the gospel means that you believe on the testimony of God, that of Romans 8, 1, which says, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. It means you believe that Christ redeemed you from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for you. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Galatians 3.13. It means that you believe that he forgave you of all of your sins, as Colossians 2.13 says, and now presents you holy in his sight without blemish and free 
free from all accusation, as Colossians 1.22 says. And turning to the Old Testament, to preach the gospel to yourself means that you appropriate by faith the words of Isaiah 53.6. We all like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It means that you dwell upon the promise that God has removed your transgressions from you as far as the east is from the west, Psalm 103, 12, and that he had blotted out all your transgression and remembers your sin no more, as Isaiah 53, 25 says. But it also means you realize that all these wonderful promises of forgiveness are based upon the atoning death of Jesus Christ. It is the death of Christ through which he satisfied the justice of God and averted it from us the wrath of God that is the basis of all God's promise of forgiveness. And we must be careful that in preaching of the gospel to ourselves, we do not preach a gospel without a cross. We must be careful that we do not rely on the so-called unconditional love of God without realizing that his love can only flow to us as a result of Christ's atoning death. This is a gospel Bridges wants us uh, as Christians to preach to ourselves day by day when he says this, when you set yourself to seriously pursue holiness, you'll begin to realize what an awful sinner you are. And if you are not firmly rooted in the gospel and have not learned to preach it to yourself every day, you will soon become discouraged and slack off in your pursuit of holiness. He is right. This is why Charles Spurgeon said, I have a great need of Christ and a great Christ for my need. This is why we believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. We believe that Scripture is enough for our life and for our godliness. This is why we believe, following the, the truth of the sufficiency of Scripture, we believe that Christ is sufficient as He's revealed in the Word of God. And He always is sufficient, and He always will be sufficient. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.